Hello and welcome to our very last episode for season three of our Drone to 1K podcast. Today we have Caleb Randall of Randall Productions on the podcast with us. Caleb has been a friend of mine for several years now. Um, and I had him on the podcast because I knew that um, he used drones early on in his uh, video production career as a differentiator um, and it really helped him grow. And now he has um, an awesome business where he does, um, he's done tons and tons of weddings actually. Uh, and now he does commercial kind of documentary style videos um, for larger businesses. So really cool to get Caleb's story um, to hear about how drones have helped him and how things have evolved over time and how it's allowed him to have a, a full-time business um, in the video production world of things. So I'm excited to bring you that episode today. Sad that it is our last time uh, for season three, but do not worry. Uh, we've been working on season four, and at the same time, we've also been working on these little mini bonus Q&A episodes that we can give you in between podcast seasons, so there's not as much of a gap um, in between when you can get some goodies uh, in the drone business world. So if you want to get in on the Q&A sessions, there should be a link in the email that this podcast announcement came in, um, or you can go to YouTube, and the link should be in the bottom, uh, in the description of our YouTube video. And you just go, you just answer one question about the podcast episode to prove that you listened to this week's podcast, uh, and then you can enter a chance to win like a mini coaching call with that week's um, episode guest. So if you want to get in on that after listening to this podcast with uh, Caleb and you're like, man, I want to pick his brain about, you know, whatever, you can do that uh, by clicking that link and um, just answering one question. So our little reward to you. And then if you don't win the coaching call, you can rank your um, what things you want, but you can get a t-shirt, hat, mug, and I think a free course from us too. So you can rank which of those you'd like, uh, and we choose five winners every week, and then uh, we announce them one week later, because you have to get in within that first week because then we schedule those calls. But we've been recording those, and we can release those as little mini episodes. Usually they're, they've been between about 15, 20, sometimes 25 minutes if we're talking about some good stuff. Um, so we'll have those to release in between seasons, and then when season four is done, we'll start, uh, we'll start releasing that as well. So excited to bring you today's episode. Um, as always, if you want some really, really comfy, free t-shirt, uh, t-shirts, t-shirt, whatever, if you're just one person, um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts is the best place, but if you leave it somewhere else, that's fine too. Um, just screenshot it, email it to, now email it to George. Actually, if you don't know George, go listen to last week and you can get to know George better, but he is um, one of the guys that works here at um, Drone Lodge Academy and uh, his email's George, J-O-R-G-E, so Jorge, at dronelaunchacademy.com. And then you can copy me if you want, David, at dronelaunchacademy.com. And uh, sh shoot us a, um, a screen, not a screen recording, but a, a screenshot of your podcast review um, to show us that you took the time to leave one and we'll shoot you a, a free shirt to say thanks. Also, one more thing, we have some mini courses on certain drones. So we have uh, um, one on the Mini 2 coming out soon, and then we already have one done for the Mavic Mini, and then we have another course called Drones 101, which is like a basically an overview for all drones. Normally those courses are about $50 each, um, but if you use the promo code PODCAST, all one word, you can get them for just a buck, just a single dollar. There's no tricks or gimmicks with this. It's not like you buy that and then we try to sell you a bunch of other stuff or, you know, lock you into something. It's literally just a dollar and then you can take those courses. Um, we just try to provide little Easter eggs and nuggets of uh, goodness for our podcast listeners. So we don't put that in writing most places or anywhere I don't, that I know of. 
Um, but if you just go and you manually type in podcast as the uh, promo code, it should bring it down from or $49 to $1. So get in on that if you'd like. Um, you can find those on DroneLaunchAcademy.com. Go to the top right where it says courses and you can find those there. All right, well, I am uh, a little bit sad that this is the last episode. We've got some uh, other course promos coming out at the end of, uh, at the end of um, this month, at the end of March. We're going to be, we've added a lot to our Drone to 1K course that we have, which essentially takes you from zero to a successful drone business that's consistently making money. So we go through literally every step of the process from setting up your LLC to getting a website to um, building your portfolio. And then we interview, we'll have now five different businesses in varying industries where we deep dive into how they got clients what they did, what marketing channels they used, the exact like messages they used, all their really, really detailed strategies. And we give you a bunch of resources in there to use the same tactics and principles that they used. So we have them in, you know, real estate video, real estate photography, Instagram marketing. We're going to have LinkedIn marketing for more like B2B, um, large contracts, you know, thermal inspections, utility inspections, infrastructure, how to get clients in construction, all those different fields. Um, we're going to have lessons and all that. And then we had at the very end have uh, training on Google ads and show you how to use paid advertising to get leads and clients as well. Um, and actually that's pretty nice because literally all you do is you download this file, you upload it into your Google account. It gives you all of our ads that we've used um, over the last year or two that we've been testing that we know work. Um, you just change them for your business and you punch them in for your location and you can turn them on and then you've got working ads. And um, we show you how to continue to optimize those for your location, things like that. So it's a humongous course. Um, this is not, I, I didn't mean to turn this into a pitch for that, but that's coming out um, or we're re-releasing that with some new stuff and some new discounts that are be coming up here at the end of this month. So um, if you're interested in that, just you can go on our website, try to find Drone to 1K if it's live or just Google it, uh, the Drone to 1K course um, and uh, see if you can get in there. Or if you can't find it, just email me, david at dronelaunchacademy.com. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for um, hanging with me this season. Hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for uh, more goodies about what's coming out later. If you're not already on our email list, jump on there, um, go to dronelaunchacademy.com, wait like two seconds, and then a little pop-up bar will come up at the very top where you can jump on our email list. So that way you know other content that we're putting out um, and you can get emailed when that stuff um, goes live and you can find it. So thanks again. Really appreciate everyone who listens and love all the emails and comments and reviews we get um, hearing how it's helped you either give you ideas, confidence, um, and strategies for starting your own drone business and um, growing that, making some money while you're doing something fun that you love, which is flying drones. So thanks, everyone. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Drone 1K podcast. Welcome back if you're a longtime listener. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Caleb Randall of Randall Productions. Thanks for coming on, Caleb. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, what you guys don't know is that we just did the same intro and I called him Randall and not Caleb. And I've actually known Caleb for probably like four years at this point. So he'll get my name years. wrong. So don't assume he'll remember anybody's name. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's very true. Um, it's hard because it's kind of like a first, it's a little bit like a first name. So, yeah. Yeah, um, well, sure. I mean, I definitely is a first name. There's people that have the name Randall as a first name, but. Anyways, I messed it up. So, it's cool. Caleb, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, Caleb's a friend of mine. Uh, obviously, he owns Randall Productions based on his last name. Um, so, I will let him give a little bit of background of his story uh, and how he got started. So, Caleb, why don't you just kind of start off 
I don't know, go to the beginning when you got interested in drones um, and then talk about kind of the company that you've started. Sure. Yeah. So uh, my interest for, for drones, uh, I think, started back when I was really into flight simulators as a kid. Okay. I've always had that knack of like loving to be up in the air and flying, not a literal plane like you, David, but, um, well. but at least, you know, like from the video games to the simulators. And then when, you know, drones got started, I was like, I got to get one of these. So that's kind of where, where my passion came from as a, as a kid. But, uh, but I started my company in 2012 full time. So I've always been interested in video production, making videos uh, as, a, as a kid, and then moving into graduating at about 2007. So the crash was 2008. And okay. I had a job in the, in the media industry, video editing, and then all of a sudden it was just like, all right, sorry, you don't have a job anymore. Good luck. So I was, mm. I was working at a coffee shop. I was trying to sell things online to make ends meet. And, um, and then I started freelancing, uh, doing video work for people around that time. And so I was living in St. Augustine. I didn't think that I could make a living full time doing that. So I just kind of kept it part time, looked for other jobs. And then uh, eventually, years pass, and I'm getting married. And at that around that time uh i moved to a new city really didn't know a soul and i was trying to look for a, a job with my wife and couldn't find one and so i happened to be connected with a few wedding vendors and i said hey i have a camera you know would you uh, consider me to film your client's wedding I, I could do that whatever and so a wedding planner took a chance on on me filming a wedding and that's kind of where it got started one wedding a month and then it just kind of snowballed into uh creating a full-time job and yeah and and i didn't have to look for another another job after that yeah so i know you did a at least when i met you you were kind of had been doing weddings for a long time so i met you probably three or four years ago like 2017 2016 yeah probably like 2017 anyways mm -hmm. but um but you were kind of on the had done tons of weddings it seemed like when i met you and we're kind of hoping to transition out of that to more like corporate uh video and ads and stuff or you know kind of promo videos for and mini documentary type style videos why don't you tell us marketing in general we'll, yeah we'll go we'll go back we'll go back and get, grab your story but just so people know where you are now kind of mm -hmm. talk about what randall productions does specializes in like today yeah so we we basically specialize in, in doing marketing and branding films. So with all of that comes a lot of different styles from more of a typical, um, maybe a, a commercial job to where it's an interview and B-roll to um, more of a docu-style film to where I, I'm going out and I'm filming an interview and then getting kind of raw clips of like a day in a life uh, type style. So, so we do, we do anything from like last week, I, I DP'd on the set uh, for a Geico commercial. 
Real and, quick, people that are listening to this are not going to know it, or some of them are not going to know what DP means. So you're going to have to spill it out. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry, uh, director of photography. It's it's. And what is that person? Like a videographer. Okay. Um, <laughs> they call it. You, a you have a you have a diverse person. drone audience here, so they're not all video production folks. Yeah, sure. No, no, it's fine. Um, right. Sorry. So, so like you were from, from doing like bigger commercials to to small companies and. Mm -hmm. I, I produce, so that means that I actually get my own clients, but I also freelance, so I work for a lot of other companies as well who have known about me over the years, and they'll hire me for DP uh, or uh, drone operator, or um, once in a while I'll be you know helping out gaffing, which is doing lighting on the set, um, audio, things like that. So. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting kind of how I went from the wedding and then uh, morphed into doing more commercial work. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, so now now that you know where where Caleb's at, you know he he was like crushing it with weddings, and you did a lot of weddings. Like you were doing a ton of them, right? So you did a lot of weddings, and then transitioned out of that, and now you're doing more kind of um, marketing, branding, films, and um video production work for people mm -hmm. right so um all right so let's rewind take it back so you were you kind of someone took a chance on you with the weddings and then how did so you reached out to some wedding vendors you said right so because a lot of times what people want to know is like how are we getting how do you get clients and how do you do that and you're a little bit different in that um you're focusing on video production a little bit more as a whole and you're just using drones as like one of the pieces of that puzzle right right um, exactly so this is more from the perspective of like a video production company, but still a lot of things are the similar and translate over. A lot of people that are using drones, again, are doing all these other things. So mm -hmm. um, talk us through how that went with, I guess, what gave you the idea to talk to, or how did you get those connections with the wedding vendors and, and how did that relationship start to where you were able to even get that first job? Yeah, so I, and I think it also, I mean, I know that drone operators, they're like, how do I break in you know, he's a production company, but I'm just an individual. But uh, f for me and our company, I mean, I, I subcount contract out depending on the job. So I'm the face of the company. I'm just an individual. Uh, I, I don't have any, any um, you know, people on my team. So I just subcontract out everything. So it is, it is more like an individual type uh, looking for jobs. But, mm -hmm. but starting out, um, after moving down to Tampa, not knowing a soul, um, I did pick up a, a short term position um, working for a lighting company. And they told me that they wanted to break into the wedding industry. Uh, so I kind of was putting myself out there, going to networking events, things like that, meeting people in general. Gotcha. And that sort of led me to knowing a few people as the months went by and I ended up uh, losing that job because, you know, they, they weren't making very many sales and this was more of a sales position and marketing position and doing everything position. Uh, <laughs> so I ended up uh, just using sort of the connections that I made there and then and then saying, hey, well, instead of working at this company, now I'm working for myself. Um, would you consider hiring gotcha. me? Or if you ever need any services for video, let me know. Gotcha. So you hypothetically could have done the same exact thing, even if you weren't working for that other company initially, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 
So were you just meeting these people at these people at conferences, or you were cold calling him, or how did that work? Anything and everything. I mean, I would I would reach out via email, um, over the phone, uh, networking events. I would personally meet people face to face. It was it was more so just trying to put my feelers out there, as mm-hmm. I call it. You know, just trying to meet and greet and just make it known. Um, not only meeting people and telling them who I am, but meeting other people and asking how they're doing in business. I'm a business owner and I want to see how you guys are doing. And if I can help, great. But if not, I want to support you and what you do. Cool. So, so you started with the one wedding, right? How did that go? Were you good at that point? I mean, I guess you had worked previously in the industry, so you kind of knew what you were doing, yeah. right? Video. Right. Yeah. I, I've, I had several weddings before that. Um, but oh, it, just kind of on the side or what? On the side, right. Oh, yeah, I see. Okay. Here and there. And so th- this one was like, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, I, I felt like it was risky because I was like, you know, lots riding on this. I, it was a lot of pressure. And and so I ended up doing, um, gosh, I can't even, like it, it was a, a great wedding video. They loved it. I didn't charge that much, you know, and they, they, uh, they just, praised me after that. And so from that wedding, my, that means my clients are happy. Therefore the wedding planner's happy. And she ended up started talking me up to a few other people Mm. who, um, I was in that price range, you know, um, other clients, other vendors in the industry. And, um, and then the next month I got another wedding, the next month, word of mouth referral, right? Next month, I got uh, one wedding. The following month, I got two weddings. And then all of a sudden, it just started ramping up. And mm. um, and I ended up the next, after two years of sort of working for myself, getting clients, freelancing for other wedding um, vid- like companies that needed videographers, uh, then I, I got to a point to where I could pick and choose what type of jobs that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And my prices, of course, went up. And um, and so, but I really, I mean, the main focus the entire time of ramping up my business was focusing on the relationships that I have, um, as well as connect, you know, connect and networking events and things like that. Yeah. So, so with that first wedding, do you remember what you charged? I think it was around... 1200 bucks. Okay. And then when you quit doing weddings a couple of years ago or how, how, how long ago was it that you quit doing weddings? It was, I think I did my last one two years ago. Yeah. And when you quit, like when you stopped, what was, what was an average like wedding? What would you charge? It was around four to five grand. Okay. So you significantly increased it over time. sound like, yeah, it, it was, I had to, because I didn't want to do, as many weddings as I was doing, which uh, I think the second and third year I was doing 50 weddings a year. 50. 50 you just working every weekend? Pretty much. Like a few weekends, uh, I did two to three weddings in a weekend. Like wow. I couldn't even remember the couple's names. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> my past clients. But, uh, you know, you, you develop a client base and they see that you're reputable in the industry and then they want to hire you. And it works out because it's a great price. So yeah, 
Um, but then the, the more that I ramped up the price, the more that uh, people realize that you get what you pay for. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I remember you showed me this one video. Um, so I, I, a bit more context, Caleb and I used to be in the same, at the same office space, same, same co-working space. So right here, you see out the window, if you're watching this on the video, you know, um, you can see co-working space. So Caleb, we used to just run into each other all the time and you'd be like, oh, show, let me show you this cool video. But tell, give us uh, the story about, you did a wedding in Italy, right? And you got some awesome mm -hmm. drone footage. It was like at a castle. Just tell that story real quick. I just, I, that was really cool to see. It was, it was amazing. And people always ask me, how'd you get that client? Oh my gosh. Um, it was one of my photographer buddies in the industry uh, who ended up referring me because their client was looking for a videographer and uh, they were just from St. Petersburg and they were getting married in Italy because they love to travel. And so um, I ended up bringing, they, they didn't have a huge budget and I was just like, whatever, I'm still going to go. Um, I ended up bringing like, and setting up three cameras for the ceremony by myself. Cause usually, it, you know, I have a second videographer there, but they didn't have the budget for it. And so I was running around the entire day. I stayed there for about 10 days just to kind of make a little trip out of it. And then, um, was flew over to Florence, Italy, and then was filming around the city just to get B-roll. A uh, lot of drone shots, uh, beautiful yeah. drone shots at that point. I mean, everywhere is beautiful in Italy, but uh, but they ended up getting married in a castle overlooking the city. And uh, one of the coolest things that they did, which was kind of like a ton of money that they spent, which they should have spent it on videographer, photographer. <laughs> But they they spent like 10, ten grand for a fireworks show at the end of, of the entire night, so it was just it was amazing to film. And um, afterwards, when I sent the the film, they ended up tipping me because uh, they realized that they didn't pay me what I was worth. They tipped me like a an extra grand or something. Okay, pretty cool. And they paid for your flight over there. I'm assuming in your travel, right? Or like your. Your they expenses. did, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Travel and then uh, a budget for you know room and board. That's cool. Yeah, I'll have to link. We'll have to put a link to um, to that video in the in the show notes or on the website so you can see it. But there's some really cool drone shots because they're at a castle on this hill, so you got a lot of cool stuff like that. I just remember that being really really neat. Yeah, it was it was so much fun. I yeah, I would do it again. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so. You it sounds like from the wedding, the wedding side of it, did you ever use, or real quick, did you ever use a drone at a wedding besides where there's the castle, like other weddings? Like how often were oh, yeah. you using a drone? Um, when the Phantom 2 Pro came out, th okay. that's, that was the one that uh, didn't have the built-in drone, but you had to connect, you had to get the connector for the GoPro. Um, so that, you're way back. Yeah. I mean, it's hard drones go. Yeah. Yeah. Right when... I got that one. I I had several weddings that I already filmed, but I was like, mm -hmm. man, I got this drone. Let me go back to every venue that <laughs> I filmed at and just get a ton of just beautiful shots, you know, GoPro aerial shots and put incorporate it in the film. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew that that would immediately raise the level, raise the bar for uh, the quality of service that I, I offer. Uh, more dynamic shots, all that. And so once I did that, 
I put it in these wedding films, edited them, and then all of a sudden I started getting like these bigger clients and bigger clients and mm. bigger clients. And uh, there was a huge demand um, at the very beginning. It was like people were starting to kind of hear about drones and then they're like, oh my gosh, wait, my wedding videographer can also film with a drone? That's pretty cool. And so the majority of the drone shots that I would get would be establishing shots like of the venue, of the setup, of uh, the surrounding area. And then uh, a few times, like in that Italy wedding, I was able to say, hey, let's dedicate some time. I'll get some on the ground shots, but then I'll also, uh, let me take a few minutes and get some aerial shots while y'all are together. Mm -hmm. And uh, people just love that. Cause yeah. it's so cool. So it, incorporating both, you know, on the ground and in the air sure. shots. Um, yeah. I was yeah. going to ask, you know, when you think of drone at a wedding, the first picture that pops into my mind is like mid ceremony outdoors with the drone, like, ah, like hovering yeah. overhead. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's not, that's not what you're doing, right? Are you doing more no. like B roll type shots? Yeah. I'll B roll. I did have uh, a couple who said, Hey, Caleb, we know that you have a drone, but we also have a friend who drones and he's going to fly during our ceremony and he's going to send you the footage. And I was like, whatever uh, you want to do. And you, it was, it was at this high rise hotel and this bridge over like connecting these two buildings. And um, you could hear the drone in the background while they're just getting married. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, seriously, that's just not cool. So, you know, wasn't, wasn't great. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool to hear that even with like a GoPro, I was wondering how would that fit into your footage, the GoPro footage compared, like then you have that mixed in with your nice, like high quality cameras that you're using for the other stuff. Like, did that mix okay? It it was a little tough for sure. <laughs> uh, but but at the time, nobody really has seen aerial shots. I guess that's true. Before GoPros, you had to hire and rent a helicopter you know, right. to go on the aerials, which costs 50 right. grand plus. Yeah, nobody's yeah. doing that with a wedding. Right, right. Um, well, maybe some international weddings. Most but. people not doing that with <laughs> yeah, a wedding, yeah. Most people. Uh, so it was it was tough to, to match the coloring and the quality, but all of my um, deliverables were HD anyways. And so gotcha. the majority of wedding clients, they're not Hollywood. They're not huge producers or anything. They, they don't see the big difference between right they're just like oh that's cool right but now yeah. of course the drones have caught up quality wise to the cinema cameras and right. looks phenomenal now with the yeah. new Hasselblad lenses and all that yeah 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 um so what percentage of weddings would you say you use your drone at so i was doing it every wedding since i got my drone cuz oh, so after you got a drone literally every wedding you would get drone shots yeah and you think that played a big part in, like you were saying before, once you started doing that, you noticed that like bigger clients were coming to you. You think the drone was a part of that and not just like coincidence on timing? Oh, 100%. They would see the, I mean, of course, they they saw my storytelling. They saw my beautiful shots that I would get. But then on top of that, the drone shots, it was just, it was it was the icing on the cake. Hmm. That's what nice. I was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's just, I think it's nice because even if you're, you know, in an industry that's not primarily drone, right? You know, that adding the drone is like such a key thing to differentiate. And now I know drones are becoming more and more popular, so they're not as like mm -hmm. 
wow factor. Maybe they're depending on where you are. Maybe they're even expected, you know. But mm-hmm. even still, that's still a reason to make sure you have a drone in stuff. And after several years, you you start to see articles on droning, like, you know, please, uh, videographers, don't make half of the your your film that you record just drone shots. You know, uh, right. mix they it up. overdo it or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't overdo it. And so. Um, I, I kind of incorporate that kind of mentality in, in films that I that I do now. Um, yeah, I just get maybe a couple drone shots that may relate or 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 make sense to get for the the scene or scenario. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go back to the story. So we're we're winding again. Sure. So you're doing weddings. Um, what was your best year? I mean, if you if you're comfortable sharing, like revenue wise when you were in the thick of weddings? I think my best was probably around 115,000. Like 150, so like well into six, like easy six figures yeah. doing wedding video stuff. Yeah, and it it kind of shaped out around um, like year after year around 100. Okay, per, so just, year. just from weddings. And, that, and then you were at that point, you were charging like four or 5K per wedding? No, that was more like, 2500 to, to 4k oh okay gotcha yeah. okay awesome so six figures doing weddings and then you decided you don't want to do weddings anymore mm-hmm. so was the money just not worth the schedule hassle or what uh that and there was just there was just this kind of sort of mentality that i didn't want to do weddings for the rest of my life yeah um you're just ready to go to the next thing go to the next thing it was a ton of work I, I didn't want to grow my business into this huge wedding company like my other colleagues did. Mm-hmm. And I, I would see some of my old friends, they're still, you know, doing weddings and I, that's fine. Um, but I just, I knew that I got into filmmaking, not, not to do that, but, but to storytell, to, to do other, other things. Um, yeah. So. so kind of took those same principles, storytelling, you know, putting things together and shifted into more of the corporate sphere doing branding and marketing videos. So right. maybe talk about that kind of switching niches, niches almost, right? From weddings to something else. Yeah. Like, was that difficult? How did that transition go? Yeah. Did you take a dip in what you made in order to do that? Like talk, what happened? Yeah, It's always difficult changing industries and it takes time. It takes resources. It takes more connections, different connections to, mm-hmm. to switch over. And so, um, I was still like, I was lessening weddings while I was adding more commercial type work. And it was the same thing as starting out doing weddings as starting out doing commercial work. Somebody has to take a chance on you. Somebody has to, um, know you, trust you, see your prior work and hire you to do what they need. And so, uh, one of my earlier clients, uh, was Ag America. Ag America Lending Company um, to hire me to film sort of these branding docu-style films of farmers out um, in their element, and then talk, you know, basically storytelling on on how they get through a day in the life and things like that. Yeah. How how the majority of it wasn't how Ag America Lending related to them, but just in general who they are and what they do. Mm-hmm. So how did you, you said they were a past client. Did you, had done work for them previously? Uh, 
well, it was through our co-working space when we worked together. I met the CEO mm. uh, and he he said, hey, at first, actually, he said uh, he told the, the photographer at the time who worked with them, I need I want some drone shots, uh, see how that works, which is kind of funny that I entered working branding films for them just droning at, at first. Mm. And, and when I um, I brought my drone out there on the first, uh, it was it was basically it was like a out on this field, um, the Putnam. I don't know if you remember Putnam Farms. Mm. They're they're in you know south of Lakeland, but uh, okay. but he had thousands and thousands of acres, and he wanted drone shots of these cattle ranchers um, riding out on their horse with their dogs and herding in the the cattle. And so I just stood there, uh, put my drone up in the air and you could just go for miles. And, um, they were already out in the field and I was like, I have no idea where they are, but I can, I can hear them because it's super early in the morning. You can hear like the, you know, the crack of the whip (laughs) and and these, uh, these cattle. And so all of a sudden when I'm flying over, I'm starting to kind of come in and you see these, this little dot of like these tiny little animals, you know, come into view and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's just these cattle going in a specific direction and the ranchers behind them just kind of hurting them. And that ended up after I edited that, uh, that video with some cool music, it was kind of like a demo type thing. I want to show them. They, they showed like their entire board in their company and we're like, we got to do more of this, you know? Mm, that's cool. Yeah. So it was just, so the, uh, just something cool that they wanted to have and showcase and uh, ended up bringing me a lot of business after that. That's awesome. So that was kind of your first, your first intro into it. And again, that was just from, mm-hmm. you know, being around people. Um, you said you met them from the co-working space, right? So just kind of right. putting yourself in a position to where people know what you do and can recommend you, refer you and stuff like that. So, exactly. um, yeah. So once you kind of got Ag America and you're kind of toning down weddings, were you charging less for your kind of branding work than you were for the wedding work or did you try to keep it fairly similar? Uh, Yeah, I did try to keep it similar because I knew, uh, I mean, once you price yourself at this quality and you switch over industries, you're still that quality, but Mm kind of need to um, develop more clients. And so sure, I, I would kind of dock my, my, what I would charge a few times for different businesses, but, um, but the majority of it, I kept the same style pricing as, as what I'm worth, like from the hourly or the day rate, uh, of anything and everything that I did. Yeah. So when you're not in a, in a wedding, a wedding scenario, it's kind of like, most weddings have a similar structure and you kind of know about what the time commitment's going to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can kind of price on a per wedding basis. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining, I don't know, I haven't shot a bunch of weddings, but, um, <laughs> but when you get into like branding stuff, it seems like it might be a little less defined, you know what I mean? Right. So how do you, how, how did you go about like knowing what to price? Cause people always have questions around like, what do I charge? What, you know, pricing, pricing, pricing. So yeah. in your mind, when you're going to price at a job, what are you thinking through, not on the wedding stuff, because you kind of addressed that, but on this, on the more of like the branding videos and some of the mm. other stuff where you're doing drones, maybe some ground cameras, like um, are you pricing that based on like the length of the finished product or how much time it's taking you to do it? Like, what do you think about and how does that work for you? 
there's a lot of different factors uh, going in to meeting with a client and seeing what they need because a lot of people, especially on the, the geographic location where we're at, they don't know what they want. Um, mm -hmm. Like we're in Northeast Florida, all right, you know, and people in LA or in New York, they, they know exactly what they want. Um, I, I would assume just because they're, they, the industry's all around and they see all of their friends and businesses getting these awesome videos. But, but around here, it's, some of it can be a luxury for smaller companies. Um, and then with other companies, uh, it's not a priority. And so they need to be educated. A lot mm -hmm. of my, um, a lot of my, I guess, potential work is educating a client, um, meeting with them, seeing where their company's at, and then what they think they need, and then what I think they need, and align with with what we we both come up with. So, a recent uh, example, I <laughs> I did a branding video for a pickle company. Pickles. Yeah. How do okay. you make a video where pickles are cool and the story is great and i'm like okay well let me think about this let's meet let's talk about what you you need and um and she ended up the owner of of the business she was she had a great game plan she just read uh, a book on how to story brand and she okay. um asked is that me, the donald miller book yes exactly yeah story yeah yeah okay she asked me if I read it and I said I did. And, and she was like, okay, well, that makes me feel so much better that you read that book because I want to do exactly what he's talking about, you know, create this problem and have a hero of the story and then the solution at the end and all this. And, uh, and we ended up talking through this story of the whole concept of what she had was a journey of a pickle. From out okay. on the farmland, okay. all the way through, you know, in the warehouse, and how they they make this amazing pickle out of their own ingredients, and then where they ship it and how they ship it, which was through UPS, and uh, it was just it was a great shoot, and uh, the final video was like ninety seconds long, and it, it was just awesome. So you base it the pricing structure, at least for me. Pre-production, you really have to find out, um, you know, what it will take for that production because it could take days. It could take an entire crew. It could take um, a lot of different sets, um, you know, scenes, scenarios. Do we have to rent things? You know, there, there's just endless possibilities depending on the budget. Um, but if there's a small budget, you have to get creative with what you're trying to produce. And so pre-production now is the majority of what I work on. And then once we have, uh, you know, everything set from the people, the places, the script, storyboard, shot list, et cetera, then we go out, we shoot however many days with our crew and the editing generally doesn't take um, that long because everything is so planned up front mm. that you can just have this seamless edit and and now are you editing that yourself or do you outsource that i i edit it myself right now mm -hmm. um i i would say yeah i mean 
I don't want to call myself like a boutique sort of like, you know, video producer. Cause like I, I do handle specific clients and then I make this film and it's all custom, you know? Yeah. Um, but if I do have, like I have had in the past other uh, clients who just want talking head videos or just like these simple B-roll stuff. And I have hired other people to edit that. Cause I gotcha. just, you know, it just depends but, on the time. Yeah. But I mean, in the pickle scenario, you were editing that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, so what was the final, was it used? Did they want it for their website or what was the kind of like final uh, use for it? It was website and social media. Gotcha. So the majority of my clients, they use it for multiple purposes, just all over the web. Um, and then some of them, they'll, they'll do a, you know, commercial on TV. Gotcha. So when you're thinking about like pricing, you have all these different variables and you're thinking, are you trying to aim for like a certain like, here's how much I want to take home or here's what I want to like make per day or per hour. Like, what are you thinking when, as far as that goes? Yeah, I usually have kind of like uh, a standard, like this is what I would charge for the basics, you know, uh, of the bare minimum. Um, Cause I don't want to pull out all my gear, charge it all up, plan all this stuff. And they have a tiny budget, of course. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I usually like to try to feel out, okay, what are we working with here before I get into the nitty gritty because yeah yeah so, so let's say today like someone comes up to you and says hey i want to do like a little 60 second commercial for my website mm -hmm. what's like the bare minimum that you're not even gonna like pull your stuff out for like what do they need to have budget wise for if that i mean that's i don't want to give all my secrets away i mean you don't have to no i'm just kidding it's <laughs> Like, so freelancing is different than- Or you can just give us like a range. Like I'm a customer and I come to yeah. you and I'm like, hey, I want to make a 60 second commercial. There's going to be drones. It's one location. I want to tell a story. I make um, surfboards and I just want you to like, it's just going to be us out at the beach talking about our surfboards and you getting some video of us surfing and telling our story. Yeah. I know you like to surf. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. If not a specific, yeah, you have a picture on the wall. So if not a specific price, like, are you trying to make like in your mind, like, cool, I want to bring home like a hundred dollars an hour for my time or 300, or are you thinking differently? Like uh, my day rate is X amount of dollars. Like what do you, yeah, you I usually focus on day rates. Cause mm -hmm. you know, I mean in the industry for us, like we have a specific day rates that people will charge. Of course, here's on the low end, on the high end. Uh, I mean, take home for me, I, you know, I don't, I'd rather start somewhere around 25, hundred to three thousand dollars as just kind of a basic here's the basic package mm -hmm. um and then yeah go from there because it's okay. sometimes it's half day sometimes it's full day rates so on and so forth gotcha okay that makes sense i was just trying to get like a range like in your head what you're David's trying to think like, right? man i was like pulling teeth here gosh well i just i i people people want to know caleb right they're like hey what do other people charge? They like to get baselines. They like to have ideas of how they should think about charging stuff. Yeah. Let's say this. If you were like a new drone pilot and you were starting off and you're primarily using drones, but let's say you start incorporating some other video production mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. I mean, would you, and someone asks you, Hey, how much do you charge? Would you work off of like a day rate thing like you're talking about? Or would you just price it unique per, per Once in a while when it's just like, Hey, I need, Cause, cause droning, obviously the batteries only last so long. So people are like, well, I only need you for like two hours. Mm -hmm. I do have an hourly rate. Um, if you know, it's the right timing for me, if, if my schedule's open, 
And yeah. so generally I charge around uh, 125, 150 an hour. Gotcha. For, if it's for, an hourly project mm -hmm. for just for so half day rates uh, go around uh, six to 800 depending. Gotcha. And then uh, full day is like a thousand to 1250 um, plus. So gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's helpful for people to kind of think through like if they're pricing their stuff out, right? It's like, oh, yeah. this is going to take me all day. Here's kind of what I should be ballparking it, you know? Right. Yeah. You have to have a lot of batteries for half and full day, right? If you're going to be flying that whole time, you know, all, you know yeah. there's travel and stuff. Yeah. 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 Sense. Sure. Cool. So what do you like for you? I mean, you, you also recently moved from Lakeland where I am to mm -hmm. Jacksonville for your mm -hmm. wife's job. How, what was that like? as far as, did you have to find new clients? I mean, it's not that far, was it like two or three hours? Yeah, um, two or three hours. Did that impact your business a lot and what you're able to do? It has, it's uh, it's kind of like, I mean, it's not starting over, but it sort of is in, yeah. in a new city once again. And so I kind of relate it back to when I started in Tampa with my wedding film business. It's just, it's, I really go back to the whole basics of, you know, anytime I have a spare moment, you know, to dedicate to networking or reaching out to new people, I do that. Mm. And to encourage the other, other people who are trying, you know, don't have any leads or are trying to get more clients or whatever, uh, it, it goes back to the basic sales principle. It's all about timing and you just need to put yourself out there constantly and and to put to uh, i mean it's it goes back to the numbers game but um it it's hard to think about that in the moment whenever you're getting rejected and yeah. and or it's it's not working out or people just they don't need it or they don't want it or whatever or it's not in their budget yeah. or any any type of object objection uh can can wear on a person, especially sure. if you're trying to get work and you're wearing all the hats, uh, producing and everything. But, um, but I would say just, you know, can continue to keep going and, you know, it's a, a daily, daily sort of set your goals daily, weekly, monthly, and, and just push and reach out to those in your own circles, uh, reach out to those online, you know, market yourself online, um, market yourself on social media to Google to to anything and everything. It's just kind of like you never know who's gonna refer you. You never know how you're gonna pick up business. Like I, the other day, I heard from a company out of the UK, and they said, "Hey, we have um, this product. It's a bionic arm that we 3D printed, and we need you to tell a story." Um, over in St. Petersburg, we need to go, we need you to film this girl wearing it and then talking about her experience. So I was like, all right. And all I needed to do was film it um, and send it over to their company and they would edit. So of course I did my, my interview questions, B-roll of, of her, but I also added some drone shots because I, mm -hmm. I knew if I wanted to get more work from them, I would have to try to impress them and get, epic shots and so part of those epic shots come from a drone and uh and so when i sent it that it was funny in the email that i i heard back one of the things they said was man we just love the way you shot it especially the drone shots nice i mean there you go you're in the right industry david 
Well, I mean, seems like you're the, you're in the right industry. You're the ones who's actually flying <laughs> the drones and, <laughs> and making money. So that's awesome. Cool. Well, I know we're wrapping up on time here, but um, one last question before we go: If people want to find I out more about you, what's that? No. no. I thought your last question would be, have you ever crashed? No, no I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to embarrass you on the podcast like that. I'm going to tell them about the 17 drones I've seen you crash. No, just kidding. Yeah, exactly. No, I think we had somebody who we had a one podcast guest be like, yeah, I've crashed like two dozen drones. They're like, I just have a budget to buy new drones. Wow. <laughs> no, I was going to say, where can people find out more information about you if they want to oh, see okay. your stuff or if they want to reach out or send you some fan mail, where, where, where should they go? Yeah, so I have a my main website is randallproductions.com, R A N D A L L Productions. Yeah. And then uh, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, my phone number, it's on my website. Oh, okay. So you don't have to give your phone number if you don't want to. <laughs> um, cool. Well, yeah, Caleb's a super nice guy. Um, you know, you're, I'm sure you're um, willing to, you know, say hey to people, but. Um, that's where you can go to look more at his stuff and see some of his cool kind of document documentary style videos. And, um, I'll try to, I'll try to link to your, uh, the castle wedding video in this as okay. well. So you can see that That's and, pretty cool. in the pickle video in the pickle. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen the pickle video, so I'll need okay. to, I'll need to take a look. There we go. So, cool. All right. Well, thanks Kayla. I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate being here and, uh, drone launch Academy. 100%. Take care. You too, man. See ya. All right. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Caleb Randall of Randall Productions. Again, Caleb's a good friend of mine. He actually worked out of my office space, if you didn't catch this in the episode. Um, worked out of my office space with me for several years um, and now lives in Jacksonville. But good friend of mine and always loved chatting with him about drones and what he was doing. Uh, and hope you enjoyed hearing his story and hearing about um, maybe you picked up a few ideas or um, got a little bit of inspiration about how you can go implement some of these things and go start and grow your own drone business as well. All right, that is the end of season three. As a reminder, free t-shirt option for you. Go leave us a review, send it to me and George, uh, and we'll get you a free t-shirt. The podcast promo code for our mini courses, so Mavic, uh, the Mavic Mini 101, sorry, uh, yeah, Mavic Mini 101, the Mini 2, and our Drones 101 course, all for a dollar with the promo code podcast. Okay, everyone, I'll keep it short and sweet. Stay tuned for more updates on when we're coming out with more content, the Q&A, coaching content. Um, remember, you can win one of those calls if you want by, um, if you enter this week that this goes live uh, to win that with um, Caleb. But we'll be publishing those coaching calls in those Q&A sessions um, shortly. We'll probably take a small break here, uh, but that will come out um, hopefully very soon and we'll release those week by week similar to the podcast. Um, but thanks again. Appreciate it. See you for the bonus content from season three. And then hopefully soon, season four. Take care, everyone.